This podcast is brought to you by the Queen Angelfish. Could there be a more majestic creature in name or appearance? As if royalty of queenship wasn't enough, this fish has also ascended to angelic status. And deservedly so, for her beauty is rarely outshone. Hail to you, Queen Angelfish. Hello, my fishy friends, and welcome to another fun and exciting episode of the Getting Fishy With It podcast. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about the Loveland Living Planet Aquarium, which is so I'm so excited to talk about. Um, but before we do that, we're going to get into how everyone's weeks have been. Amber, would you like to start? Yeah. So the sad season has begun here in Chicago. And so since <laughs> I got back from ALAS, I've been feeling a little depressed. This is the worst. Uh, yeah, because same. there's not a whole lot of sun outside. That season is called the Great White North, or like, what is it called? <laughs> just like, like, just like death, freezing death over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not quite as cold. It's actually, actually been super warm outside, but yeah, like it's been very cloudy. And so no sunshine can get through. I've just been kind of like in the slump where I just don't want to do anything. But Aww. next Monday, I definitely am going to have to get my out of bed because i'm gonna go see depeche mode oh my favorite boy. band of all time is it yeah. your favorite band i did not yes. know this yeah I mean, after all i am your biggest fan so i'm like super excited to go see them i've never seen them before in concert and this might be their last leg to be honest because i think the depeche mode is now down to two so <laughs> oh how do they yeah. play all those instruments <laughs> <laughs> i think they might have like guest i guess guest musicians come oh my goodness look at them now holy moly i, know. I think they got work done you think so i, I wouldn't know. be surprised <laughs> <laughs> but i saw like a video of them playing at like a recent show and yeah. he's just like dancing around like dave i think is his name like the main like singer of the band and he's just like dancing around and he has very high energy i'm just like man he must be some on something good <laughs> a whole bunch of painkillers so his back doesn't hurt when he's oh, doing God. that <laughs> oh no yeah but yeah that's pretty much it for me what about you christine uh i am also sad but it's because alas is over and we're all like in our respective states right now so i miss seeing everybody it's so much fun it's like oh, my gosh. i have many friends here <laughs> Well, it's like I moved here to Colorado and then like the pandemic happened like right away. So oh. we just kind of I never really mm. got out and did anything, didn't do it for a long time and just never really got to meet anybody. I basically spent the last three years like going to and from work and that's that's it. Mm. <laughs> Nothing else. So um, but other than that, my husband and I probably not surprising to you guys. Well, you guys at least Amber experience. I am a space nerd. I like space and I cry at IMAX movies about space. <laughs> space, the final frontier. That's an A-last story for another I day. Wish I was there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was, we told that. you to come. Yeah, and you wouldn't. I know. Would, I really needed to schmooze more and eat a burger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A exactly. sad burger by myself. Yeah. I didn't know there was, I think if you guys had told me there was food at that event too, I would have been even more apt to just leave there was <laughs> absolutely food. food there was so much food yeah yeah anyway well, whatever yeah. <laughs> the past is the past yeah. it's over yeah it's happened but anyway so um 
there is a SpaceX like booster rocket that got installed here in like a little bit west of where we live. And there's only three of them on display. And we saw one of the other ones on display earlier this year. And we're like, well, we have to go see this one too. So we made the trek out there with a friend and like went and looked at the display and like was telling everybody I was telling everybody that was walking by on the path like the hit the history because there's no signage it's just kind of there there's oh. no no interpretation nothing yet I'm assuming it they, they for some reason the rocket's there and all the rest of the interpretation stuff's not there so I was telling everybody about it and just like nerding out so um and it's just on this random bike path behind like a telecommunications company office so oh. um but yeah it was fun uh we went and checked it out and then other than that this week has just been the week from hell at work. So I'm just excited to chat with you guys. So uh, how about you, Josh? Hopefully we can be an island of solitude. Of solace? <laughs> I, I don't know. know. One of those. We <laughs> can be an escape. <laughs> sure. Yeah, always. <laughs> um. So yeah, post ALAS, it's funny. Like I came back from ALAS and then I immediately went into a weekend, which is nice. And then my anniversary was on that Sunday. So Jess and I went to back to the hotel where we got married and like just had a night there, which was nice. And we like reminisced. So we like went through all the old photos and videos of mm-hmm. like our wedding, which is very sweet. Um, and we just like walked around the hotel and like, we're like, remember when we went here? Remember when we did this? And there was a wedding going on there because like there's always weddings going on there. So we went down to like the kind of the hall where the reception was going on. And like, we're just walking back the other way. And this like lady comes out of the hall. She's like, excuse me, can you, my husband went in the bathroom. He said he was sick and I haven't, and I haven't seen him and he didn't come out. And so like, I'm worried. Can you go in there and check? And I was like, all right. What's his name? Oh, his name's Robert or something. I was like, okay, cool. So I like go into the bathroom and this guy's like sitting in the, he's like standing in there talking to someone, like just like chatting with his buddy. (laughs) I like very quickly realized he was just in there to escape her. Sure. (laughs) But when I opened the door, like she could see like through the door where he was and she was like, Hey Robert, I'm out here. And he's like, (laughs) and I even saw him the following day randomly. And I was like, I was like, was everything okay? You know, and he and he was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, sometimes you just yeah. He's like, I, I had a conversation in the bathroom. I never he's like, I never told her I was sick or anything. I just went in the bathroom and she just assumed And I was like, hey, wow. she had a few too many drinks. <laughs> yeah. You didn't try to crash the wedding. You know what? I was so I was not tempted to crash the wedding, but I will tell you when we were walking by, there was a huge setup of chocolate chip cookies over a big warming burner. And oh, wow. I, wanted more than anything to take a cookie because they looked so good and they smelled so good but i said no and i and i went on oh <laughs> I boy didn't do it you should have done it <laughs> i know i've paid I, enough to that hotel yeah i know he's like i get a free cookie too um i am like that when there are conferences in our building where mm-hmm. they have all the food laid out oh, like all yeah. the catering boxes or whatever and like because we have like fairly new like meeting and conference facilities just really close to where our facility is just upstairs and so there are always like there's two or three events a week easily and i'm just like will anyone notice if i steal this food <laughs> i'm like no. i don't know <laughs> no i am always paranoid that i'm like oh god it's, but i think about it every time and i know i'm not the only person we're always like mm-hmm. <laughs> They're going to toss it out, though. That's what they do. Like, right, right. after they're just like into the dumpster. And I'm yeah. just like, you know how much food like that could feed? I <laughs> know, how right? Many people that could feed. Mm-hmm. I know. You're wondering 
what is a place like me doing in a girl like this? So, all right. So let's get let's get into the episode. Um, Christine, I think actually you you should start. First of all, just give us a little background on. Well, I should say this first of all. So in case you did not see our last episode, um, you know, the three of us were at, were at ALAS in Salt Lake City and, and we got the chance. We got the opportunity. Uh, thank you, Thomas, for driving all of us yes. <laughs> to um, to the Loveland Living Planet Aquarium, which is a cool aquarium in Salt Lake City. And, you know, because we were in the area, we definitely wanted to visit that. And so that was kind of our plan. And Christine, do you just want to talk about like, I guess the background and then also like how we, yeah, like how we sort of got connected, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So, um, the aquarium world is kind of a small world. Um, we have colleagues that are in a group called also, which it's is like a, a small world. <laughs> it's true. I feel like that music should start. Oh boy. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So we have colleagues in uh, this group called also, which they're life support operators, people that run all the filtration, et cetera, in uh, fish facilities or in aquariums or zoos. And so I reached out to someone who was on the board to say like, Hey, do you know anybody uh, at this facility, this is something that mm. happens if you're an insider at zoos and aquariums. <laughs> uh, we all talk to each other and we say like, hey, does any, do you know anybody that works there? Like, can we get some passes or whatever? So thankfully, um, this person knew somebody there that was able to get us some passes. So we're very thankful. Thank you to that person. You know who you are. I don't know if I'm okay Yeesh. to share your name, but thank you. <laughs> um, so we got to go see this aquarium. So this aquarium is fairly new. And it's actually in Draper, Utah, which I'm guessing is probably just a suburb of Salt Lake City, but I don't want to offend anybody that lives in beautiful <laughs> shout, Draper, Utah. Shout out to our Draper listeners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I'm happy to just share some info about the aquarium that's like basically from their website, if you guys are want to hear that. So a little bit about the Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Since they opened their new facility in Draper in March 2014, the aquarium has welcomed over 8 million guests and provided more than 650,000 educational experiences to students. Home to more than 6,500 animals representing 500 species, the aquarium showcases ecosystems from around the planet, including kelp forests, coral reefs, the deep ocean, Antarctic waters, Asian cloud forests, South American rainforests, and the waterways of our home state of Utah. Loveland Living Planet Aquarium is accredited by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, AZA. So yeah, mm. that's basically their their summary on their website. And I think we got to see most of that, but not all of it. But we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the I think the AZA. I definitely looked for jobs there when I first got out of undergrad because I wanted to work in a zoo or an yeah. aquarium. But like those jobs, you know, as I think we talked about in the career episode, is like those jobs are hard to get, and a lot of times they start out as volunteers. They're hard to get and they pay pretty garbage, unfortunately. Like these people have so much on their plate as far as like mm -hmm. their expectations of their labor and they get yeah. paid pretty badly. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I still want a zoo job. One day when I'm rich, I'll work at a zoo. Yeah. Curator. Yeah. Or yeah. Or like you do that. I totally would do that. Like if I was we'll rich just start someday. our own zoo. Oh my yes, God. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. We bought a zoo. We bought a zoo getting fishy. We bought fish. an aquarium. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we could yeah. call it like the Barber Archer Park or something like that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> sort of makes sense. <laughs> and it's only archer fish. <laughs> yes. Oh, I was okay. So we were watching Planet Earth 
three mm-hmm. and uh jess and i were the archerfish were on that episode sorry spoilers and i was like <laughs> yeah like and like i love i love explore like learning about fish with jess because like you know i know a good amount about fish but she you know she's still learning stuff so like it's i love like blowing her mind and be like yeah this fish just like shoots crickets out of the you know or like shoots insects off of trees and stuff and the one thing i did think was funny about that episode i know we're digressing <laughs> is <okay>. that <laughs> like when you watch the video of these archer fish hitting and like bugs off the leaves it's all these like very specific type of cricket and i'm like i think that they just put all these crickets oh, up there no. they absolutely did they absolutely <laughs> yeah, did it's not like i'm gonna have to watch that and see it's probably like yeah. the crickets you buy from a bait shop cricket it looks just like those crickets yeah. that you just buy to feed your reptiles yeah. so like i thought it was really funny but it still is kind of like hilarious to me that this insect is just like sitting there being like oh well i'm safe like there's nothing going on and like they're just chilling <laughs> on a leaf and like a, a stream of water hits them and they just get in f- absolutely there is an outtake video or like a bloopers video from that new series and it's Mm. like of the filmmakers filming those fish and getting like sprayed by the fish constantly (laughs) like spit on by the fish so i love it they're like yeah getting disrespected by archer fish so that's cool that will definitely be a future episode like fish feeding like approaches that's why i think i wrote that in there because i think that was so fun to do yeah for sure awesome Um, All right. So I guess we can get into the episode. So uh, I know we kind of already started, but I Mm. I figured the way we could kind of do this approach is like sort of as we walked through, uh, we could talk about like what we saw, what we liked. Um, There are some questions at the end where we could kind of summate uh, our experience, um, but I guess we'll start was what we saw first so so the first area that we walked into was like the local utah ecosystem area i don't remember what what exactly it was called but something like that utah yeah discover utah okay that makes sense yeah (laughs) i love it when aquariums do this by the way i love it when they have something about the local ecosystems Um, oh okay i think it's kind of important like because people are always like we want to see sharks we want to see whatever but like the conservation of like ocean creatures starts locally at totally. in your lakes and rivers. Right. So yeah. it's cool to let people know that like, Hey, these things exist and they're also important. So a hundred percent. So uh, when we went into that area and like you said, yeah, it's like, it's, it's sort of like helping to push the narrative of conservation and, and, and keep that in people's minds at the forefront of your mind as you go through, I did find it kind of funny, you know, seeing as it was, uh aquarium an aquarium how many land uh creatures there were <laughs> as sure. we walked in here like i was like, looking around like where's the fish <laughs> so we saw like uh like i guess there's scor- there's a lot of big scorpions out there because i guess it's the desert right so oh, yeah. you can see scorpions like we don't mm-hmm. i don't think we have anything but pseudoscorpions in in uh, the new england area pseudoscorpions um, are cool though yeah i caught one once i saw uh, one once internship. Yeah, I, I saw one once in my bathroom and it was like seeing a unicorn. I was beside myself. I have a million photos of this thing in this like grungy corner of an apartment. <laughs> I'll send you. Yeah, like I it was like fighting a unicorn because we captured like t- it was for an internship where we were catching like uh, c- caterpillars and spiders. Mm-hmm. And we randomly found this one and it was like the coolest experience. And my friend took like these really cool photos of, like the, with a macro lens. Nice. Uh, or micro, whatever macro. is the one where. Okay, macro. thank you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So there were, uh, I didn't write down all the species, but there were a couple different types of snakes. There were toads. And then there was bees there as well, which I know Christine's feelings on bees. You've made I'm making a face. Bees. I'm making a face. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even go here. Come on. They don't even go here. 
so bees are invasive right we we don't is that, yeah. is that the case they're introdu- yeah honeybees are not native to north america at all so yeah they're an agricultural thing but i think they're an important icon for the state i guess everything is like honeybee themed the in beehive Utah. state yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah I think it is the beehive state. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah. So yay bees for them, I guess. <laughs> no hate, I guess. Okay. But then we started to see some, some fish. Uh, the first fish that I saw uh, where there were pike minnows. I did not know. I mean, these are huge minnows. I didn't realize that they could get this large. They're crazy. Like they're, they, they exist in this state too. Um, they're like a mid, not Midwest, but like a Western thing. They're chonks. They're oh, like yeah. these big gray dudes. They're awesome. I really like them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and they are true minnows because, you know, sometimes they like to call stuff a minnow or whatever, and it's not that. They truly are minnows. Oh, are they the largest minnow? Do you have any idea? I, I don't know. All I know okay. is they, they are definitely in the minnow group. So OK, I got you. Um, and then next to that enclosure was uh, there were bass and sunfish in like. Uh, some aquariums like kind of next door to them, I believe. And I, I really like this because, you know, I've spent a lot of time fishing growing up and like you always see the bass either from above or same with sunfish or when you're catching them. And I think that's, it's nice, but I like to see them swimming around in their environment. It, it I don't know, for some reason it makes me very happy. So I was a fan of seeing these guys. Um, and I think the sunfish specifically I saw is there were some pumpkin seeds, right? Because pumpkin seeds, don't they have that one little, they have that little dark thing on their operculum. Mm-hmm. It's like Am their I little crazy? ear. They're, like like there are yes. um, pumpkin seed sunfish that like one of them is called a long ear sunfish. It's not necessarily one of the ones we saw, but it's because that little ear thing, that dark marking is longer on them. So it looks like they have ears. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then I don't know much about the cutthroat salmon. Do you remember those, mm-hmm. Christine? Yeah. What about them? I just remember I like I wrote down basically that they had Bonneville cutthroat salmon there, which I which are our local species. Trout. Did I write that out wrong? Okay, so these were trout. Yeah, they're trout. Uh, There's I don't think there's a cutthroat salmon. Sorry, I may have written that wrong. (laughs) Oh no, it's okay. You're all good. All right. Um, but yeah, they're the Clark guy is the species for the cutthroats. Um, Ooh, I love trout. They're so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one thing that stood out to me when we passed by the tank and it was just full of like these cutthroat trouts mm-hmm. and they're just, I don't know, they were so pretty. And I guess it's also Utah state fish. And it so is. very important. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Wow. Cutthroat trout, like until, you know, rainbow trout started getting introduced everywhere and became like the bumblebee or the honeybee of trouts. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, uh, cutthroat trout are like native to this part of, the the country so like the west the not the midwest and not the west coast the rocky mountain region i guess um mm. and so they're a really important game fish for folks out here so yeah and then one other fact too that i read so they're also called redfish um there's also another name for them that i'm not going to attempt but sure. basically mm-hmm. they're sacred to a native american tribe i would assume like based in utah um the goshu tribe hopefully mm-hmm. i'm pronouncing that right but cool. that was also really interesting to me. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. I like that history. There were also, were there Artemia there, right? I'm pretty sure yes. there were. Yes. How could I you forget? Yeah. <laughs> we took it's like a because... whole video. Yeah, I took a bunch of videos and pictures, which we will be putting up on social media, like closer to when this episode comes out. I'll probably save a lot of those for around then. 
I mostly because like I feel like my mind went blank when we went to the Salt Lake and we saw the real the brine shrimp in like a lot like in their natural habitat. So I didn't remember. Yeah. Like, well, what we have we photo saw. evidence of you losing your mind at the Salt Flats. So <laughs> yes, yeah, I feel like yeah, flailing around out there, there on somewhere. the Salt Flats. I love that. That's really funny. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely um, Artemia. There was a whole display. I mean, they're important to the economy of the state, so they definitely had a, a pretty big display there of them. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Do you guys want to talk about like sort of just the the Salt Lake and 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 the Artemia now, or do you want to talk about it at the end, or do you want to skip that? I'm not sure. We can talk West about West. it now. It's part we're in the Utah re- okay. area of the aquarium anyway. So yeah, we learned sure. about a little bit of Artemia. I mean, I think for the most part, we already kind of knew all that stuff that they talked about, but it is interesting to learn about the economy and like how important those Artemia are for the Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. So, you know, the, the thing that's kind of cool about the Salt, the salt Lake and I, this is actually something I did not know is that it's, it's much saltier than ocean water. And I, like I legit did not know that there were no fish that lived there. Like I wasn't sure how salty it was until I went there and we talked about it. And I was like, oh yeah, well this stands to reason now that it's just shrimp and insects that live there. Um, so it's anywhere from two to nine times saltier than ocean water, depending on like what part of the uh, lake that you're in. And yeah, it's basically just brine shrimp living their best lives there. Uh, and they, you know, I, they have natural predators, but like the abundance of predators, there's just not enough predators to really tamp down that population. So like when we went there, it's like they were just, the shrimp were just like dying on the shore everywhere, right? They're yeah, just yeah. like getting washed ashore because there's just, I don't know, hundreds of millions, I don't know, billions. Billions I don't know how and billions, many, yeah. How many shrimps there are. So, mm-hmm. but it was really cool. I mean, as people who like enjoyed the fish hobby and worked in in this world where we use brine shrimp to feed to our fish, uh, it's cool to see not only like, the adult brine shrimp swimming around that look like it's like the flamingos, right? Like flamingos in their natural habitat mm-hmm. that are really pink because they yeah. eat all the, you know, like the nutrient. All the brine shrimp that eat all Is the it brine, brine shrimp. shrimp? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's some sort of fairy shrimps for sure that they eat. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something like that. Um, oh yeah. Spoiler. There's also flamingos in that first episode of planet earth three. So <laughs> you'll see them. <laughs> Yeah, so the brine shrimp that we saw were beautiful, like reddish color. A lot of them, not all of them. Some of the, so it was interesting to see how much they varied in color. So I don't know what that was about, but yeah, it was really, really neat to see. I think that's kind of all I have to say. There was just you could also see there was just like eggs floating on the water. So like all the desiccated eggs or whatever, like all the eggs that they created are just floating on the water everywhere. These little tiny grains of sand uh, waiting to be harvested. So um, it was really cool. It's really a very neat. Uh, specific thing that's unique to Utah and the Salt Lake. And it's just kind of cool to see that um, because, you know, no other, we don't have it in any other states, right? So yeah, it's unlike anywhere else for sure in the US. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you have anything you wanted to add, Amber, about the going to see the Salt Lake or just the Artemia in general? Yeah, I think what was most interesting to me was how vibrant they were and then also how big they were compared to Mm. the ones that I guess get delivered to our, our institutions. And so a lot of us use it to as a supplement for like our zebrafish. And so most of the time they'll get dry diet, um, but then we'll use our team as kind of like a snack for them. And so it was just interesting to see that like, wow, those Artemia that we grow in lab are much smaller yeah. <laughs> than what's out in nature. Um, so that's probably a good thing because I know 
I learned, I guess, that Artemia, they mainly feed on like algae and then the salt as well. And so, I mean, there's a ton of salt like content in the salt lakes. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. kind of a no brainer. And then just having, I mean, uh, do we want to talk about the smell of the Salt Lake smell? <laughs> Heck yeah. I mean, the lake itself didn't smell. I don't want to disparage like Utah or anything, but like the smell of the debris of like the dying brine shrimp basically up on the shore as the like water level was lower. Um, mm-hmm. it, it smelled like Moncton, New Brunswick is what I said. Sorry, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it just smelled like salt like a mud flats you know so yeah it's interesting to me that people swam or still swim yes in the salt lakes. we got a photo from somebody right <laughs> oh that's right we did one of the, our colleagues <laughs> that went to the conference it. yeah yeah it's like you need some lotion after that oh, swimming that yeah, so I put my hands in the water for, you know, just like to like whatever I was doing, catching shrimp and, yeah. you know, nonsense yeah. using my mind. And like afterwards, <laughs> I was like looking at my hands and they looked like the Sahara Desert. They're all cracked and like, you know what I mean? So dry. Oh. So, and yeah. you guys are already dry enough because you're in Utah and it's much more dry there than it is where you guys live. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Thanks for rubbing it in our face when you came when you came from uh, Colorado. You're like, oh, we're used to the elevation. I'm good. I'm the good. time change. Everything's yeah. great, and we're all dying. And normally, I have to deal with like this oppressive humidity and like the time change when I go to a conference. And for once, it was like almost in my back door in Colorado, so it's great. Absolutely, I could complain. Uh, the thing that I thought was really cool. So the one thing I didn't realize because we had that the guy at ALS talk to us about brine shrimp, um, mm-hmm. which was great and. And uh, stay tuned. We'll uh, maybe have some brine shrimp content in the future. But a spoiler alert. (laughs) The one thing I didn't realize was that like the brine shrimp all die every year. I figured that was just Mm. kind of a constant Mm. culture happening. But they seasonally at the end of this year, like when it gets cold enough, they're all gone. And they the whole population restarts in the spring um, when they those eggs, uh, the cysts start hatching. So I didn't realize that. I also, no. I guess I hadn't put two and two together about like how important all that stuff is to like migratory birds. I think we miss the birds for yeah. the most part, but they come through and they just like gorge themselves on both the flies and the shrimp that are there. So, mm. um, and that, that's really cool. I just, yeah, it's, it's, it looks like not much to, you know, the, the naked eye when you're looking at a lake like that, it's just kind of like, oh, boring, but there's so much stuff going on there. So I find that really fascinating. And there was lots of really good info at the aquarium about that too. So Mm -hmm. I find that like, whenever I see like, you know, just metrics or even videos of like large predators eating like hordes of shrimp, like in the ocean, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I just don't understand how it doesn't run out. Like I'm always just like, I don't understand. Like whales are just swallowing so much krill (laughs) and it's just, there's just, it's just the supply is so great. It's like me when I go to the Red Lobster on Endless <laughs> Shrimp. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> You're just raking them in with baleen. Yeah. Eat all the shrimp in the ocean. That's what I call the uh, Endless Shrimp at Red Lobster. Eat all the shrimp in the ocean. Although you do have to give it to humans for finding a way to just reduce and ruin populations in the ocean. Sure. Like, yeah, Absolutely. it's pretty terrible. We're, we're the only ones who could really do it, right? Like yeah. <laughs> just managing to manufacture ways of wiping out species. So. Exactly. But enough about that. Let's move on to Antarctica. <laughs> sure. Speaking so, of krill. Speaking of krill. Oh, perfect. Um, so the next section that we went into was the Antarctic area. Um, I don't know if it had an exact name, but Deep Antarctic waters. Lab. It was called Deep Sea Lab. 
Yes, I believe oh, so. Oh, thank you. Okay, yep. Deep Sea Lab. I didn't write down everything that was in here, uh, but I do remember that they had a cute section with jellies uh, swimming all around. And I'm always amazed that jellies are able to do like anything considering that they don't have a true brain, right? They just have like a ganglion, right? Like that's kind of it. Yeah, like um, a big neuron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Life is crazy. I swear, like the more and more I watch like things like this, I'm just like, is there a God? <laughs> I'm like, it's so nuts. Well, you got me. By all accounts, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, yeah. So there were jellies and there were also the were the isopods in this area too. I wrote oh, yeah. this down on a day mm-hmm. over there. So Christine, after having a nice cry at the isopods. <laughs> I just cry. I cried at the isopods. I cried at space. I cried at all these things. It's all good. So, I mean, you guys have all seen like little land isopods, I assume, right? I guess for the listener, just to like describe, like if you've ever just like, well, I guess not all of us have done this, but like if you ever just like lifted over a log or like lifted up a rock, there's like these little roly poly bugs running around, Mm -hmm. the little gray guys. I think most people are familiar or like if we were kids, but these are just giant versions of that that live in the deep ocean. And it's crazy that they're just, they've been around, I don't know how long, right? They've been around for, for a long time. A long time. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So like they keep checking somehow, like all these, all these different complex species have been able to l- find ways to hunt and whatever else, but these guys are just doing their own thing and they out survived many, many, many more complex species of animals. So I think it's really remarkable actually. And now like, it seems like the terrestrial isopods, people have them as pets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little guys or yeah, like the, the little, bigger ones? The, the, they're little. I mean, like the biggest is going to be like a quarter in size or something. They yeah. can only get so big on land. <laughs> <laughs> I guess being in water, like it's, I guess like they can get larger for some reason. Low. Yeah. It has to do with like uh, oxygen and like, you know, how you breathe, things like that. But yeah, isopods have existed since around a little bit before the time of the dinosaurs. So. Wow. So cool. That's amazing. 300 million years. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's about as old as uh, James Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a previous discussion that we had. Uh, okay, and then the other thing in the Antarctic... Do you guys remember... Are there any, Was there anything else besides penguins there? Do you remember? I'm trying to think. I'm just having a quick peek at the um, the list of species, but... Um, oh, that would be... I should have just done that <laughs> instead of written out from my notes. <laughs> so yeah, the, so the, peng, the penguin were in their own section. It was the penguin research station. Yeah. Uh, I think it kind of led over there, right? It does, like It kind yeah. of like led over there, and all the penguins are hanging out on top doing their mm-hmm. penguiny stuff mm-hmm. so yeah i i guess i don't know i think penguins are kind of pedestrian unfortunately like that yeah, those same. are ones you see so much so it's like you don't get as excited sure i mean they're <laughs> cool like if you watch them in the water like it's really neat when they go under like to just see the air stick to them right and they're just so man how many of these animals right that are so good in water look so dumb on land like penguins seals they all look so stupid walking around and then they get in the water and they become these like beautiful like swimming (laughs) goddesses or whatever it's true it's true (laughs) but yeah so the penguin research station was set up basically it's supposed to look like a base camp in like the high antarctic i guess so it's Mm. very much similar to like the same exhibit that exists at like SeaWorld in Orlando. So it's kind of the same thing where you walk up there and then you can see all the stuff, but it's like a mock research outpost. And then they have <laughs> like little interpretive uh, exhibits and stuff to teach you about like the habitat for the, these are Gentoo penguins, which are like a high Antarctic penguin. So 
Oh yeah, I feel like you were quizzing Mark on the different species my, of penguins. So yeah. my husband, <laughs> my husband really likes penguins a lot. Like they're his maybe his favorite animal. He loves them, and so I also like to give him shit when he doesn't know what an animal is because I am never I never stop talking about like this animal or that animal. So I'm like Mark, Mark, which kind of penguins are these? You should Mark. know. You should know. And he's like, I don't know. Leave me alone. I'm like, you're gonna figure it out. Like just look around you. You'll figure it out. They don't look like this. So they're not chin straps. They don't look like this. They're not a Dallies. They're not like they're in this family of penguins. So that's I'm I just get really pedantic with him and I'm sure he loves it. And uh oh my God <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm super thrilling to be with when I that hang out so in the aquarium. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. you're like, I'm you're like, like come on, figure it out. Have a fun it. time. Yeah. No, it's not happening. No, you're it's gonna... exam time. Get out your number two pencils. Here's your exactly. freaking scantrons. Yep. Uh, don't even get me started when it's like a mixed uh, penguin species. Either, but I'm like, what's that one? What's that one? I need you to tell me how many species are in this enclosure. And I yeah. want to know in the next five minutes. You need to tell me. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, I'm proud of you. When he gets it right, I'm like, good job. You figured I'm it good. out. Good but if job. not, I'm like, come on. I can do the Joe, Joe Biden. Come on, man. That's what come I, on, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that it for Antarctic? Do you guys have anything else to add? Yeah, there was one thing in there that was not part of the exhibit because those penguins would go bye-bye. Um, but the leopard seal. <laughs> yeah. there, was oh. like, <laughs> there was like a leopard seal <laughs> mannequin basically hanging from the ceiling. And I'm always That's so, so funny. fascinated by these guys because they're like, terrifying oh yeah they're like so good at what they do um so basically leopard seals they also kind of live in that antarctic area um that christine was talking about but they just hunt down like penguins or basically i would assume like pretty much anything it can't really get its hands on gen 2 penguins like these penguins are specifically something that you seem to see them with like eating so i don't know if they just specifically like these guys because they taste good but yeah um that was one thing that we we haven't really mentioned yet about the aquarium but they they did have really cool like models everywhere Mm. so there was tons of like realistic looking accurate size models um even as soon as you walked in the door like you walk in the door and like right there there's like a humpback and calf and then there was like a bunch of like there's a whale shark there was a whale shark and like some devil rays or mo- some mm-hmm. sort of mobula rays. I don't know if they were um, supposed to be mantas, but something in that group. Um, and then there was lots of sharks, like all kinds of stuff all over the place, which was great. You'd look up and you'd see that kind of stuff, which was very cool. Yeah, it's really striking. I mean, we're going to talk about the sharks later, but yeah, it's really just striking to like walk by these things and see the life size and be like, wow, that thing is so huge it's so different like when you look down you know i feel this way with crocodiles a lot like when you're looking down at a lot of those enclosures and you're like "Ah, okay that crocodile's nine feet what is that really like and you're looking down it's like ah, it doesn't look that huge but like i think if you're right next to it then you realize how large these animals are or like especially with sharks like they're like the size of a boat and you're like i get it now yeah how this could be like terrifying right not to spread you know shark fear sure, propaganda sure. or anything but i'm just saying like yeah like if you're if you do happen to come in contact with a, an aggressive shark or something like that it does also like almost make it make sense when you guys have seen the memes about like why are they comparing this to this as far as size like you know this asteroid is the half the size of a giraffe and it's like <laughs> how is that helpful but i maybe it is more helpful to people than like nine foot 
you it's know, helpful so, to giraffes. Yeah, <laughs> They're giraffes. like, oh, <laughs> the size of me? Yeah, half the size of me. Oh, good. But yeah, I, and like, there's, it seems like there's a competition on the internet to see who can make the most ridiculous comparison. Like, That's you know, funny. this like snake is the size of, you know, a hundred quarters end to end or something <laughs> like that, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So moving on. I did find that funny, though, Amber. I agree with you. I think it's hilarious that the penguins were like in their enclosure and like right outside their enclosure is like a giant life size. Just uh, staring at them seal. like menacing like, looking. Yeah, yeah. It keeps Look them in line. line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll open the door and let him in. Yeah. <laughs> So the next section that we went to was the uh, the Asian one. So Asian, what was that one actually called? Did you have that one written down? Expedition Asia. Expedition Asia. Okay, mm-hmm. very cool. So Expedition Asia. And was that the one that was brought to you by Ford? It was, <laughs> yes. yeah. I, I was like kind of annoyed by that. I was like, come on, man. It was like a Ford symbol. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty common in aquariums and zoos these days where they have like so. exhibits that are sponsored by uh, corporations. So this and this was like ends the local Ford dealers. It wasn't like Ford Motor Company. It was like the local dealers for the area. Okay. I'm cool with that then. Local Ford. All right, it's like cool, a cool, family cool. or something that owns these dealerships. Is it because they can't afford to do it without... <laughs> aquariums and zoos need your help yes yeah (laughs) all right so in here were all sorts of cool things uh there were a lot of giant barbs which like i sometimes i forget how big some of these things get Mm -hmm. like they are freaking massive and like i don't know uh about either of you for, for either of you I can't speak for either of you but like some of these things like are stuff we see in the hobby where we're just seeing them really tiny right so like i've seen giant barbs and they're coming in like you know maybe like two or three inches yeah <laughs> 7.99 a piece and yeah. these things are like in the tank and they're like big berthas yeah around. i love it yeah i love it like i think the first time i noticed something like that was like going to the toronto zoo they have lots of like tropical aquariums in all the pavilions Mm -hmm. and i would Mm -hmm. see you know tiger barbs and i'm like since when did they get that big i just remember being a kid and like you know just kind of new in the hobby and seeing those fish there and being like what yeah (laughs) no one should have these so it is kind of funny with a lot of those larger fish because like the longevity they just live a long time in those aquariums the water quality is very private very stable and whatever Mm -hmm. else so a lot of them just over time have like some of them will have cataracts some of them are old i I actually have to say that like i felt like this aquarium did not have a lot of those crazy aged fish or like Mm -hmm. not to say that they died but i'm just saying like it seemed like they did a pretty good job of like their fish didn't seem to have as many of those like old war wounds sure yeah 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 so i was pretty impressed by the health uh of all the it's like that at shed too like shed has some pretty old fish but they all look incredible Mm -hmm. um and I mean, I've seen other places where they have, you know, one thing that happens really commonly with some marine fish like rockfish is they get eye issues. Mm-hmm. And so those eyes, they're like grouper-ish type fish. So their eyes are kind of like bugging out already all the time. So they just kind of like take that eye yeah. and then they're good. <laughs> so the rock, rockfish doesn't need both eyes. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so definitely like the fish all, like everything looked great at this facility. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I, lo- I like the yeah. archer fish in this section. Oh, for sure. I'm sure you love them. <laughs> and I was like, I said, to, I said to my husband, what species of archer fish are those? And he's like, stop. 
Oh Ooh. God! There's more than one species of arctic oh, yeah. fish. There, there definitely yep. are. I've, I can't believe that. <laughs> how can I? How can I not know that? You know what I mean? I know that's true. That's true. My last name is Archer. It needs to. I need to know these things. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, there's mm-hmm. like close to ten species in the Toxodes genus. Mm. I think I there's only one kind of barber fish. Oh, maybe there's more than one. It's a saltwater fish, though. Oh, really? So, yeah. Maybe that should be we. That should be our representative fish. <laughs> Amber, what fish is it going to be for you? I don't know. Hers can be any fish that get encased in amber. <laughs> There's probably a lot of that. Yeah, it's going to be like an old ass fish from like the dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it could be the amberjack. Oh, that's Ooh, good. There we go. That's amberjack a cool fish. Is your fish. So this is these are going to be our code names when we're uh, doing secret Asian fish work in the future. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, amberjack's um, a cool fish. It's a sport fish. Yeah. I was gonna say so the, I like one of my favorite species of fish is the Asian arowanas. I I love them. I think they're mm-hmm. so cool looking. They're so powerful. Like this mm-hmm. fish, you haven't seen it. Like I mean, I, maybe you've seen an arowana for those of you who are listening. But like arowanas are just this like powerful. They're kind of more like. How do you describe them? They're kind of more like snake-like because they're kind yeah. of like more longish, but they're flat, right? They're kind mm-hmm. of like flat, like just kind of like a straight up and down. And so, like they they have so much ability to like just because of the length and their ability to like wave their whole body and like really like undulate themselves. They can have they can reach really fast top speeds and they can also jump really far out of the water so like mm-hmm. i know they've been known to jump out and eat things like even birds i think mm-hmm. just like a bird chilling on the leaf oh no <laughs> they can eat whatever they want look at them they will eat anything they're beautiful yeah they, really they also are. look like they have a, the biggest grumpy face ever they're like a grumpy cat of fish they yes. do because they have yes. that like really deep mouth that's like pointed straight up and down so mm-hmm. they're always just kind of yeah. look disapproving that's true. Yeah. It's a huge mouth, but they also like have these, and they also have like these large, very large scales that look, make it look like they have like this beautiful armor on them. So I just think that they're like a really amazing looking fish. I will say though, arowanas in general are like known to jump out of the tank in the hobby. Like you have to have a cover and like, I can't tell you how many people have said like, yeah, I had this arowana for five years. And then like, I forgot to close the cover and it jumped out last night. And like, I found it dried up the next oh, day. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. That's an it's expensive lesson to learn. <laughs> yep. They, I mean, I think, I think their babies were retailing at anywhere from like 60 to 80 bucks, something like that. Dang. Right. And, and some, Asian arowanas are even more expensive. Yeah. Cause I, we used to like, I remember it was always a big news thing when one of the stores, the fish stores back home would get them. Cause mm. I don't know what it's like for the U S but in Canada, like you need to have a certificate to prove that the, the like provenance of the fish, they're often microchipped. And they can be like the small what? adults can be, yeah, thousands of dollars. Oh, wait, they, but they're why are they microchipped? So that you can prove that they are the fish that's on the certificate. Oh, no mm. way. Is that specifically for Asian ones or, or South America? I can check. I'm not sure. Okay. That's really interesting. Uh yeah. Asian ones are definitely more expensive. Unfortunately, well, we'll talk about the South American ones afterwards, but uh, we didn't get to see those guys, sadly. But no. Uh any other any other thoughts, Amber? Sorry, I know we were just blathering on about <laughs> No, you're fine. <laughs> I definitely agree that they're really beautiful. And yeah, I just like I know they can also get very big, and I know we already mentioned that, but I feel like they have ones that shed. Maybe that's the South American ones. 
What do you mean that they shed? At Shed Aquarium. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) I thought you said that shed, and I was like, they shed? Shed what? (laughs) Shed their scales. They absolutely have. I I have to go through my photos from Shed, but they absolutely have these, because they've got all the giant, like, gnarly fish there. So so we need to all go to Shed when the repairs or, or, like, all the maintenance and all the work they're doing on that place is done. Yeah, thousand percent. Uh, Shed, please invite us, and we will come and do videos and make content. Yes. Be so fun. <laughs> Any aquarium, please have us join, and we'll talk about your your facilities. So, looks like the Asian arowanas get to be about three feet in length. So that's that's a that's a decent sized fish. Wow. Um, yeah, man. So you know there were not just fish in this section. Also, they had a lot of random birds, mammals, uh, and reptiles. I did not write down all the different species that they there did were. have. Clouded leopards, which was cool. For me, maybe not that. for you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting to me because like I feel like it's got to be tricky to have keeper. Like, you know, if you have a zoo, you have keepers who specialize in big cats or mammals or whatever. Sure. Like, so they just have that one cat and then that's it. I don't know if they had one or two. Um, I could but I mean check. like species. Sure. Right. You probably have the curator of like mammals and birds. That's probably a yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. that would. But um. Clouded leopards are generally hand-raised because they are very hard to breed in captivity and they're really not doing great in the wild. So a lot of these animals are fairly habituated to people, even though people may not work with them as adults, like free contact, like they probably still have barriers. But um, I think a challenge is also finding appropriate homes for, because there's such an intensive like attempt to keep to breed these animals. So this could be either an animal that is no longer on a breeding recommendation or is just older. I see. Okay. No, oh, that's good background. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, there are quite a few snakes there. Yeah, I didn't write them down because this is a this is a fish podcast. Yeah, we don't need to talk about all the fish. That's so, fine. Yeah. So that's that's enough of you land land creatures. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's move on to the ocean explorer section. I think this was probably the most extensive area. Am I wrong about that? It was really big. I agree. I feel like there was a lot of stuff there. Um, yep. definitely, it was very cool. There were a ton so when we walked through i think kind of the main you know kind of the first area it's like kind of all like dark in this area like like not crazy light and like all the setups have their own lights and stuff like that but you go through and there was like an abundance of large coral reef setups there so it's like it's like just what you'd see in any typical like you know caribbean or like great barrier reef setup a set setup where like the coral is looking really good and stuff and there's just like these beautiful fish like Mm -hmm. man just the the color ranges is incredible. And I was really impressed with all these setups. Like, you know, like I said, we work with fish. So like, we're always keeping our eyes out for sick fish. <laughs> always. Yep. And you always can spot them, but they, they do a good job. Like everything was doing really well. Um, I was very impressed with their reef setups. So, and specifically yeah. I'll say like, I don't, do you guys have much experience with stony corals? Like, do you know much about those guys? Like corals in general? I know a little bit. I've never actually done any culture of corals, but I know a little bit. So I will say I did some culture of corals, but I wasn't like a stony coral, like maven. Maven? Is that the right word? Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't like a, a huge expert, but like I worked in a pet store where we had a lot of them. And my boss was like super into like, like fragging the corals out, like snapping off a little piece and like growing them out like a little stump. Mm. Um and you need you need it's like some pretty intense lighting and then like it's all like you know you're you're pre-making all of your seawater and then you're adding a bunch of additives to it like you're adding like like he just had like 
bottles upon bottles of like all these different things you're supposed to use to mm-hmm. feed them to get things to the right levels. And it's a lot of work. So, and and I just know specifically stony corals, like a lot of those hard corals are a lot harder to get to flourish and grow than mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the soft corals that, um, you know, that can that seem to be fine eating like brine shrimp and random yeah. things like that. <laughs> like when you walk into a pet store, like the average pet store that has, that does have saltwater setups, those mm-hmm. like really colorful corals you're going to see that are like relatively small are almost always those soft corals. Yes. Um, almost always. And yeah. And though, so all those little things that people add, I think they call them micros. It's basically all your micros that you're adding to your water. It's kind of like the terminology. I, yeah, I have to say, I've been to a lot of aquariums. You don't see a ton of aquariums that have like a really, really big, really diverse like coral setup with like soft and the hard, the stony Mm -hmm. corals Mm -hmm. and also livestock in the tank, like that aren't invertebrates. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to do that. Like it's, it's a lot of work to like maintain a tank that has a diverse amount of fish in it that are probably like region accurate. And then also all your corals, because like the corals themselves are like, 10 times the work of the fish, you know, and you have to manage all the invertebrates that are important for them and, you know, the appropriate fish to keep the corals happy. Um, So it's always impressive to me to see uh, those kind of setups. And I would say probably the extent, like the range that we saw there, the only place I saw something more significant than that was maybe in the Seattle Aquarium. So Ooh, really, really nice. nice though. Yeah. It's a little gem. We should go there too. Seattle Aquarium. They just finished. They're just finishing a reno. Have, have us come out there. <laughs> I have <laughs> a there in January. <laughs> I know we should oh, all go and crash yeah. your convention. Do it. Yes. Do it. We're talking about sharks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Amber, where did you have any takeaways from that area? I spent a lot of time at the touch tank with all of the rays. Yeah. And so while you guys, I think we're looking at (laughs) all the really uh, pretty fish. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just love how all the fish were so vibrant and they were really big too, especially like the seahorses were just, they were so cute. Um, all of them were oh. pregnant though. So I'm just like, wow, a lot going on in that tank there. I know, right? That's so funny. Oh, I was just going to say that touch tank was really interesting too, because it had two species in it that I've never seen in a touch tank before. Yeah. Oh. Um, normally like touch tanks, and I'm not trying to say that this is pedestrian because I love rays in general, <laughs> but it's really common that you'll see in touch tanks like cow nose rays i'm sure you've seen them before amber as well but these were not these were two different species and i actually went and talked to the lady who was there and said like what species are these (laughs) because they're also not listed anywhere and i was like what (laughs) which are these they're clearly not anyway but anyway that was just sorry my little aside i thought it was really cool to see like i think it was yellow spotted stingrays and another species atlantic stingrays i think that's what they were yeah but it was nice to kind of like touch them and they were a lot squishier than I thought they would be. So yeah, just like, Oh, this is like really squishy. Um, and then one other thing. So I think there were other fish in there as well, but Mm -hmm. when we went around the corner, we, you know, kind of headed towards like the big tank with all the sharks. We noticed Mm -hmm. that all the fish that were in the touch tank, they were hiding Mm-hmm. under the yeah. rocks and Aww. they were all just like kind of together and i was like oh this is so sad it reminds <laughs> me of that one scene in like finding dory where like all the kids come at the touch tank <laughs> and all the fish are screaming <laughs> no not hans i'm looking for hank 
Hank with a K. Hank. Hands. Hands. Oh, hands. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I I like don't. Yeah, I I like hardly ever do touch tanks because I just personally feel like I'm like how many of these animals want to be touched? Like I don't know. I get like that like. I think the argument always is to be made of like, oh, well, like, you know, you can kids want to touch these things and and not to say that adults don't do it, too. But like it's sort of it's for, sort of starts to help grow that love of animals that maybe could turn into like some eventual conservation biologist down the road or something. But sure. I did find it really funny because I think, Christine, you and I were like observing this like we saw this ray. It was like heading straight for the edge and this little kid like put his hand in there and the ray was immediately like just yeah. kind of like swerved around <laughs> like the kid so he couldn't reach it, which is like, no, thank hilarious. you. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. guess some rays though are very like maybe the cow nose ones mm-hmm. are like very like docile and want to be pet. Mm-hmm. Okay. They'll actually like try and flap their way out of the tanks. Like I've seen it where they're just like crawling <laughs> up the wall and they're like, touch me, yeah. touch me. Hug me. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. You can actually like if you go to Discovery Cove in Orlando, which is like a big like park with like water, they have it basically it's a pool, like a huge pool that has fish in it like it's a saltwater pool yeah. doesn't have chlorine or whatever but you go and like just hang out in there and go swimming and the cow mm-hmm. nose rays are like get any shrimp yeah okay. <laughs> i would like some shrimp please <laughs> so it's very cute that's funny yeah uh, there was also in this section there were wolf eels which mm-hmm. we talked about before right and they're just they were just yeah the grandpas <laughs> were just sitting there Chilling out. They always look like they're out of breath, by the way. When they're... <laughs> no, they're just kind of got this big swollen face. These guys weren't huge. They were like medium-ish size. They weren't, they probably weren't super, super old, but there was a couple in that tank for sure. You know what it reminded me of, which is kind of funny. I don't know if you got to see oh, you guys probably didn't get to see this, especially because Christine, you were up on stage. But at ALAS, the Daniel Zoom Live, like people, that room was so far away from the main area of the hotel <laughs> that like when people would get there, they would all be out of breath, like oh. breathing heavily. <laughs> and I'd just be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> they had encouragement signs on the way to get to that con- that room. And it was like, you're almost there. But yeah, it's so funny. I think like a lot of people didn't realize how much the altitude would impact them. So, oh, yeah. but yeah. not me. All right, <laughs> you get mute. out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like the last section that we went into um, that was really cool, and we talked about this before, was like the like the shark area. And when we walked down the specific hallway, that was like my favorite like size comparison because you could see how big the bull sharks were and tiger sharks and all these different sharks, like great whites. And you're like, holy moly, right? Mm-hmm. Like. They are huge. So, uh, yeah, I really, really like that section. And then when you when you get through there, there's like a beautiful tunnel. You guys remember the tunnel, right? I feel like mm-hmm, we spent yeah. a lot of time in there. We did. I got lots of really <laughs> great videos in there. Mm-hmm. There's like, I think that might be one of the larger tanks in there. And it has like a nice like tunnel where you go underneath and like these sharks and rays are just like swimming over it and stuff and some random other fish that I wouldn't have thought would be in there. Um, but yeah. I think as long as you keep your sharks pretty well fed, you don't have to worry about them eating like the smaller fish. It's two things. Keep them fed and keep the lights on. Oh, okay. so the lights are on at least at some level most of the time, because if the lights go off and I don't know if any of you guys <laughs> have ever been in an aquarium when the lights are like turned down, those sharks go wild. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> oh no. They're I like, slept hey, I'm over. not responsible for what happens when the lights go off. I yeah. don't know. I slept over at an aquarium once and like they were like, oh, the lights don't ever turn off, but we turn them down. And as soon as those lights ramped down for the night, they kind of do it at the same time every night. Um boy oh boy those sharks started swimming around way faster they were like they woke oh up and they're God. just like yep it's time <laughs> it's time to shark it up in here so yeah like, look at that human lying there yeah, i'm exactly. suspecting yeah. <laughs> oh, funny um and then on the way out so the, the way out of that section so you go through and there's like this you know the gigantic tank with all the sharks you could see it from the side instead of just in the tunnel as well and it's just cool to see them all and then when you get when you leave that area there's they have all the sunfish there so they have the ocean sunfish and then what is the other one the giant sun they have like the three different species or whatever yeah i don't remember what they all are but yeah giant sunfish ocean sunfish and whatever the other one is yeah and just as a reminder that's the largest um my goodness bony fish that's the largest bony fish that exists on earth and it is just huge they're so big so once again you just appreciate seeing those things and we really i'm telling you loveland loveland aquarium like you guys got that that thing down pat with the life-size stuff so i really really appreciated that um, yeah it was great yeah unfortunately the last section was the south american section uh we're just not going to talk about it because we didn't get to go see it uh unfortunately i think they had kind of a, like a little bit of an emergency in that area and so uh, they had to close it off. But um, yeah, we will. I mean, I don't know the next time is that I'll be back to Salt Lake City, but <laughs> yeah, maybe never. But um, uh, I they are, they are building a, an expansion to that facility right now. So who knows? Maybe Ooh. when they finish it, we can go out there and check it out. So sick. Yeah, definitely. Did you have anything else you wanted to add, Amber, about the, the Ocean Explorer at all? Yeah. And so about the tank so this tank that housed like all the sharks and braves was very different from like the ones i'm used to seeing mm -hmm. a lot of them are more like they're taller um, right but then the width of it is smaller whereas this one like it was shorter but like the mm -hmm. width of it was larger mm -hmm. and so i really liked that because you got a clear view of like everything versus like having to look straight up and try and yeah. see you know mm -hmm. if you could find like the sharks yeah um or ones that go super deep back too um, I know at Shed, it's kind of like that as well. And so a lot of the times you don't get a good view of like the sharks because they'll be, you know, in the back where no yeah. one can see them. But in this one, you got a clear view of like everything. And I just, I also like the layout of like the tank too. Um, they had a little bit of like gravel in there, maybe not like coral, but they had some type of like. I think it was crushed coral. I think that's what that oh, is. Okay, like a ragonite gotcha. crushed coral. That's a pretty common substrate. So Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But everything was just so clear to me. And I really, you know, I could have sat in there for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, oh, we yeah. did. We hung out in there for a little bit. I, I, I do appreciate that too, that like... There are lots of aquariums that have like the tunnel, but there's like a walkway that's like a moving walkway to keep you going. Yeah. And that's fine. But like, I will step off of that and be like, I'm not in the way, but I've got to look at this, these bunch of look, look downs or whatever. So I, I like it when it's just, you're kind of free to look around in there and you're not just kind of being shuttled through and like look around and you got to loop back around the whole aquarium to go through it again, you know? Yeah. Um. So that was, that was cool for sure. Um. It's interesting though, because Amber, I think one of the cooler shark exhibits that I've seen was at Shed and it's that one that you're talking about that's like the abyss. You cannot see the back of it and mm -hmm. just, it's like mm. you can't see the sharks at the back and they just kind of come out of the abyss yeah. and you just see them and i i found that one really cool i was like whoa this is so like 
just like it, you couldn't tell how vast or not the aquarium was. And I don't know how they do that with lighting or whatever, but yeah. like, I thought that was really cool. I think they were like sandbar sharks in there, but I, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, they were just like, suddenly there's a shark just coming out of this like gray nothingness. And it just seemed really atmospheric and cool to me. But um, this, yeah. this was also a really nice tank. You could see like all the different diversity of species that was in there too, which was great. Uh, I think that's kind of it. So we could just talk about, we could just ask you guys like, what well, what was your favorite exhibit, first of mm -hmm. all? My favorite exhibit. You want to go first, Amber? Do you have a favorite exhibit? Oh, it's probably Ocean Explorer. Like, I think mm. it just kind of blew everything out of the water, which kind of stinks because I love deep sea stuff. But <laughs> I think Monterey Bay really kills it in that oh, section. Yeah. They yeah. have a whole exhibit on deep sea <laughs> stuff. Oh, I want to go there. <laughs> With things that don't have names at all. Like mm -hmm. they literally have species of jelly that like just don't have a name yet yeah. um, because they just discovered them. It's like they just keep pulling stuff out of the ocean. They're like, <laughs> we found this today. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it in a tank. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I missed, I haven't been to that exhibit and I, I missed their cephalopod exhibit, which also had like vampire squid and stuff at it, like stuff yeah. that you, no one's ever seen outside wow. of a video. So yeah, it's really hard to compare, right? I will never be tired of an isopod. I will always welcome isopods into my field of vision, but uh, yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. Ocean Explorer was cool. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was like my favorite exhibit just because I always love seeing like the sharks and like the more tropical fish. And, but I have, you know, gotten, especially in the area I live in where it's a swamp, like we live in a wetland. Um, so gotten a little bit, you know, showing some love to our not so vibrant fish out here. Um, yeah. Very cool. What about you, Josh? <laughs> uh i think i mean i definitely did like the ocean explorer exhibit but i think probably uh next would be the asian area I, or the asian the fort the fort explorer area um uh, no i just like that because you know there were a lot of fish that we see in the hobby but you get to see them kind of grown up um and i actually wasn't sad by the non-fish things too they're, they're like i'm a big reptile fan so i like to see a lot of those guys nice. uh and yeah, so I, I did enjoy that. And of course, I think the Asian arowanas were just my favorite. So that's the reason why that's my favorite spot. Cool. I, I think I have to vote for Ocean Explorer too, but that's probably the largest exhibit there. So it's not like yeah. I'm just saying, yeah, it's just because of the sharks. Like the sharks are really cool. There's actually some species that you don't see as often there. Um, like they had giant shovel nose ray in yeah. that tank, which was really yeah. cool to see. You don't see them very frequently. Um, and then gray reef sharks, you don't see them super often either. Um, and there are sandbar sharks, which are fine. Um, <laughs> they're great. Um, and nurse <laughs> sharks, that kind of stuff. But um, I liked the, the little like section in that, that was all like, it was not really deep sea fish, but or I guess it kind of was. They had like flashlight fish and all those kind of yes. like oh, yeah. dark, dark fish that live in dark spaces, I guess. Mm -hmm. So they like luminesce there. Uh, they can like glow and there's like a patch under their eyes that glow. So I got some video of those guys, um, which we'll share. But yeah, I just I appreciate the diversity of ocean stuff. But I'd say my number the number two for me was the Discover Utah. I love seeing all the like the local habitats because a lot of that's relevant for me too and like i'm still learning about all the because i'm always like oh there's like no lakes and no water here but that's so not true <laughs> there's a lot more diversity to it like the pike minnow for example so yeah um did you guys have any thoughts about like what anything else that you saw was do i think anything was unique about this facility in particular mm, let's see i mean that giant structure when you go into the loveland aquarium is oh, nuts yeah. 
like that big like war of the world's oh, alien yeah. looking thing how like, could we forget neat. about that and then amber <laughs> you looked it up right and you found out something about it while we were there yeah so it's like a vr type of thing and so mm. i it's sad that we didn't get to do it but it was quite cold outside when we went um yeah. so it was like during the day so i feel like it's more of a night thing um but yeah i didn't expect it to be like a virtual reality thing but it might be really cool to especially if it's like focused more on aquatic animals mm -hmm. just seeing them kind of fly through the sky um or however it works sure um, and so being able to like visualize things in that way instead of actually seeing like something especially if it's like you can't keep a whale shark well you can you can <laughs> but yeah. you can try <laughs> you can try but yeah things like that where it's like especially deep sea things mm -hmm. you might not yeah be able to like see that in aquarium and did you find I think I seem to recall you found out something about the actual that crane structure thing that was there that's above that. Did you what did you find out about that? Because that was shocking too, seeing this big like claw thing over the courtyard of the aquarium. Oh, maybe you remember that was the VR thing I was talking about, but it I is VR. Remember. Like there's a VR like exhibit in there, but like that mm -hmm. big claw thing. So there's this big like archway. It looks like a claw game claw thing that's over top of the aquarium lobby, not lobby, but like the courtyard. And it's a repurposed like stage display from a U2 concert series from like a number of like 2014 oh, or something. Okay. And so in the name of sustainability, Utah uh, or like you <laughs> too, not Utah, wanted all of those things. They had a number of them built and I guess they used a ton of steel and they were expensive. Um, so I guess, you know, because they're so generous, you too, they were like, uh, these significant pieces of art will become like communal gathering spaces in the future. And so Aww. I guess, I don't know all the details, but Loveland Living Planet, when they were building their new facility where it's at now, they're like, yeah, we'll take one. And uh, so that's how that's there. It's a YouTube prop from a YouTube concert series so at some point. So that's um, so random. <laughs> yeah. And I had looked up a little bit about the like architecture of that thing and how it was built. And it's very strange, but uh, it's a, it's definitely striking. Like it's something that I will always remember the aquarium by that thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. You can't tell real. me it's not a spaceship. Yeah. It does look like a spaceship. <laughs> it's a transmitter to send YouTube albums straight to your phone. <laughs> yes. Just put it on your That's iPhone. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, as far as for me, like any thoughts, I I don't know. I thought it was a really great facility. Like um, I cannot get over how nice their coral reef uh, exhibits were. I yeah. thought they were really great. Um, but in general, the facility looked incredible. It was great. Um I don't know if we want to give it a rating or anything like that. If you guys have any thoughts on on that, is this going to be a series that we're going to do where we occasionally, once or twice a year, are able to get together and go to an aquarium? Yes. I know, if someone right? wants to fly us places, we'll do it. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, this is our first episode, so please be kind. We will try to. <laughs> we'll have a format in the future for this. <laughs> but yeah. uh, you guys have any thoughts about like, do you have a rating that you would give it like? how many out of five fins or something out of five fins well i would say maybe we could yeah if we do it out of five i'll give it like hmm i would say either four or four and a half right like mm -hmm. i don't like i think giving a five means like that like it's at, like just beyond 
right? Like, I, I don't know. That's what I would There's say. There's only like, a couple aquariums in the U.S. that I think would warrant a five, maybe yeah, that's shed. Really, yeah. Spoiler alert, maybe shed. <laughs> I think so. But Monterey I'm, Bay. I'm biased. Yeah, Monterey yeah. Bay. Of course. But um, yeah, so, I would yeah. say four out of five for me, for sure. Yes. Yeah, Very enjoyable experience. Definitely would recommend going. Uh, it is like, you know, if you have children, they will love it. Like yeah. there, were, there were so many kids there running around. It's a good place to take your kids for sure. Absolutely. So. And there was there was a whole area with like kids stuff that we didn't go to because we're adults. So <laughs> <laughs> would exactly. be a little weird if we were just yeah. It's like well, let's we're doing this for our podcast, everybody. Please let us in. We are What's adults. What's your name? I'm 35. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> and everyone would be like, "Are you whose mother are you?" I'm like, "Shut up." <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I will say the one thing that they could improve upon is their, like, where they show, like, their posters, basically, or where they show which fish are in the tank. So we noticed that there was a little discrepancy, especially in the Asia area. When we were trying Mm -hmm. to look in a tank and identify fish, it Mm -hmm. did not correlate with what was on the board. Mm -hmm. So I would just say, like, hey, like, you know room for improvement maybe just because i know sometimes it's just like you put a fish in a tank probably you're just like ah it's just kind of there to make it look fuller sure or you know has some part to play but yeah i completely agree that's like a a bugbear of mine too work but i think this is a we're a very narrow demographic of people who like need to know what everything is but i do think it's important like I can't begin to explain how many times I've been to like a, co- a certain East Coast aquarium um, in the United mm-hmm. States that has really, really bad identification signage that's really, really out of date. And there's mm-hmm. a bunch, there's like not a single fish that's on the sign is in the tank. And it's just like, yeah. it, it's been like 10 years. Can you update this, please? So I get that it's a, it's expensive to update signage. The aquarium in Toronto has digital signage that mm-hmm. goes through a slideshow of all the different animals. So they yes. can just swap those out on the fly, right? Maybe that's a better solution than, you know, hard-coded signage yeah. that you have to like replace. Unless you can like do like a fast food restaurant you're slotting things into like <laughs> <laughs> like or just please give us binders. <laughs> give us binders so we can walk around the aquarium with a key in it. <laughs> Walking tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, I agree. Actually, I think it was not just in the Asian section. I think also in the uh, um ocean explorer section there mm-hmm. was also true in some of the reef areas. I was like, what's this fish? And then I but Google uh what is it? The Google thing is your friend, like the Google app. Like Google I can like, lens. take a photo of it. Yeah, yeah. like Google Lens or whatever, and I could get, mm-hmm. and it would tell you exactly what it was. So I did that for a couple of fish, and I was like, "Oh, here it is." So yeah. it does work. <laughs> and I had to ask the the education person at the the saltwater, like at the touch tank, because I didn't know what those rays were. So yeah. and there, I was like, "Am I crazy?" I was kept asking my husband, like, "Is there no signage? Like, I cannot see anywhere what these are." Um, so mm-hmm. I had to ask. So yeah, I, I totally, I agree. That's probably my chief uh, complaint about the place. But other than that. It was a great time. I had a great time with you guys. Absolutely. So, all right. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up? I don't think so. I'm good. Yay. All right. Good job, guys. We did it. Another episode in the books. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening to Getting Fishy with It. You can find our website with show notes at gettingfishypod.substack.com. You can find us on Twitter at gettingfishypod and on Instagram at gettingfishypod. You can also find us on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching for Getting Fishy with It. If you want to drop us an email, 
You can send your complaints or adulations or questions to gettingfishypod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Our theme music is Best Time by Fast Sounds, and our audio is edited by the spectacular Amber Park Giadini. We've been getting fishy with it, so keep schooling, my friends, because knowledge is power.